another episode of Stress Bucket Solutions. I hope you've had a good week taking note of anything good, trying to keep engaged in your intelligent brain. I'm not saying all your problems disappear from there. I'm not saying that, oh, you know, this isn't toxic positivity. Everything's fine. You know, if you've got things going on, if you've got stresses in your life, you you need to be able to say, I can handle it. I have got the capacity for this. What solutions can I come up with? What ideas can I come up with? Can I accept it? Can I let it go? All of those thoughts and feelings come from the intelligent brain. We need to calm down that primitive brain. So whatever you're going through at the moment, I hope you feel you can handle it. You can manage it. You can cope with it. You're a star. Keep going. If you listen to this, you're surviving. And some days I know that's hard, but those feelings also pass as well. So keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Here we are with another episode of um, my podcast. I'm just loving doing the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to me. I've been listening back to a few of my other episodes and I've noticed that I talk really fast. So I'm really trying to slow down. I talk fast when I get excited. So I'm getting excited about things and I just want to blurb everything out. I listened back to that bonus episode about my holiday. Oh my God, was I rambling? So sorry about that. Apologies about that one. I was really rambling, but it's out there now. I don't want to delete it now. I'm almost thinking, oh, I should take that off, but it's there now. So, oh well. So that bonus episode between this uh, season, uh, what was it, two and three, about um, all about my holiday, because nothing more boring than listening to someone else's holiday experience. Um, But I was trying to keep it solution-focused related and stress bucket related. Um, And I hope you got a little bit of an insight into my life uh, as well, because, you know, that's important. You need to know who you're dealing with here. But in that episode, I was talking too fast. So I apologize. Um, I will slow my speech down as much as possible, but then it doesn't sound like me sometimes. So, you know, this is how I talk. So I'm going to carry on as it is. Now, today's episode, let's get to the point Why am I rambling. Um, Today's episode is, oh, so excited to do this one because... It's something I'm very passionate about. If you have got a full stress bucket, you've got anxiety, you've got depression, you've got fears and phobias. Yes, it affects you, but you need to get out of your head to start thinking it's affecting more than me. It's affecting my family. It's affecting my partner, my kids, my mum and dad, my friends. It's affecting my work. It spreads into all areas of your life and it's starting to affect other people. So today's episode is from you're gonna hear from david david is jules do you remember jules the worst case of anxiety i've ever seen um jules from season two episode three david is her husband oh so lovely so um it's an interview from him from his point of view you're gonna hear jules on it as well so i sat with both of them and recorded this But I want you to hear this from David's point of view. If you've got someone in your life, anyone, obviously, you know, David is Jules' husband, but you don't have to husband, a partner, um, your um, best friend. There's someone in your life that is feeling really helpless right now because they can't help you through your anxiety. So sometimes we if we're going to create the change if because i the nature of the beast of anxiety and stress and depression is it's all consuming but if you can take a moment to think how much is this affecting someone that i love could that be the impetus could that be this motivating factor that will help make you get help 
if you think that it's not affecting someone in your life, you're, that's a lie. And you're going to hear that from David as well. David felt so helpless at one point. And he said, you know, what we all say, you know, I've heard people say it to others, you know, oh, well, you know, pull yourself together because they can't see what's wrong because they don't understand. And it makes them feel even more helpless. Because if you've never felt anxiety, if you've never felt those feelings, it's totally, you know, something that you just can't understand, you can't comprehend because there's no polar bear. You're like, well, there's no polar bear, you're not dying, it's not a fire. What's going on here? And only you can control your thoughts. They can't get in your head and control your thoughts. And that's when you need a professional. So I want you to hear from David's point of view from, and, you know, also David and Jules, both they talk about their children as well, you know, how it affected their children, how it affected their family, what was the spread, and then the freedom that started occurring in David's life as Jules got better, and the relief he felt when Jules said, I'm going to do some sessions with Jin, you know, so if if you're not going to do it for yourself, is there someone else you can do it for that will just give you that those first few weeks? You, you will ultimately be doing it for yourself, but maybe that is something that will motivate you. Now, I want you to hear how David gave his support. Like he said, he didn't really do anything, but he did. He supported Jules. He made sure she could attend her sessions. You know, he really supported her. He didn't ask her too many questions about sessions unless she wanted to. Um, the, the only time I remember meeting David was once Jules couldn't get a tech to work and she was she was like, oh, I'll just get David to fix this, you know, or it was his laptop or something. Um, and so I just saw him in the background once and gave him a little wave and then then he went off. Um, so during our sessions, that was the, kind of the only time I met him. But if you follow Jules on her social media, you know, you, you kind of you kind of get to know her family and David definitely as well. So she calls him David sometimes on social media. It's so funny um, as well. And you can see like, so she does her social media and like he, you can just see him in the background rolling his eyes like, what are you doing? So they're a lovely couple and just the love between them was just, it was just coming through in the interview. You'll hear it. But the knock-on effect that it had on David's life, and then the, consequently the knock-on effect of when she started getting better as well, when Jules started getting better, is phenomenal. So I'm so pleased I got to do this interview. And Jules and David and family, thank you so much for sharing your story in this way. I hope you enjoy listening back to this. You're not going to cringe at your own voices too much, but you both sound fantastic on it. Um, and so I hope all our listeners here... I hope you all enjoy um, this perspective from outside the box kind of thing, you know, from, from what's going on in family. And you'll hear from Jules again. If you want to go back and hear Jules's interview, like I said, it, it's season two, episode three. Um, I've titled it the, the Worst Case of Anxiety Probably I've Ever Seen. So I've seen a, a, a couple um, very close to where Jules was, but I think Jules probably one of the worst ones. And Jules, I don't think you'd mind me saying that as well but thank you so much both Jules and David for doing this and uh, taking the time to do this as well Jules is still flying high uh, as well still very calm very controlled um, keeping a stress bucket empty and still noticing effects as well still noticing new things that are happening because she's got an empty stress bucket things she's not felt before a calmness uh, feeling organized doing really well at work she's back at work full time um, doing really really well there so um, yeah uh, let's just jump straight in. Let's jump jump straight in uh, and hear from Jules again a little bit, but mainly David. Thank you so much, guys, for doing this. Hi. 
Hi, Jules and David, looking like a lovely couple here on my screen. You look both look amazing. Uh, thank you so much both for doing this, but especially you, David, because we haven't really spoke before. So no. I think you just popped up in the background once when we were having some tech issues, didn't he, Jules? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he always and, saved me with the tech issues. And he helped us out a little bit, but that was also, it's my chance to, to chat with you uh, today as well. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what's going on with you. Um, I'm David, Joe's husband. So I don't know, kind of lucky you. you know, <laughs> supporting you, running around after the kids, yeah, dad's taxi, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jules talked to us about you know your kids and everything as well. So you've got a pretty full on life, yeah. You know, which, which a lot of people have right now as well. But that's that's family life as well, isn't it? So yeah. let's go back to um when Jules' mental health started to decline. And, and Jules, I want you to jump in here at any time as well. It's a it's a conversation between the three of us. From your perspective, David, how did you notice the change in Jules as she started to decline? Did you feel that it came from somewhere? Were you surprised to see that? What were the things you were noticing as an observer? Um, I think it had been something that had been kind of building up over a, a period of time. So it was a number of different kind of small to medium sized situations that all just seemed to combine together and then snowball into something that became overwhelming, I think, mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was definitely gradual the way it kind of happened, wasn't it? Yeah. Would would that be something, Jules, would you say that you didn't notice so much? Because <laughs> that's what happens with a primitive brain. It takes you over. And was it, would, had David come to you and said anything as well? Like, was he saying, like, something's going on, Jules, here, and were you ignoring it? Yeah, I think I remember you kind of commenting on it. It wasn't myself. Mm. And I was almost so caught up in my own bubble thinking I was firefighting different situations. I didn't really see the overwhelming effect it was having on me and that, you know, other people were noticing it at that point. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think for me and for, for the older kids as well, the change that we noticed was previously Jules was always the kind of life and soul and the the hub and the heart of the family. But then once this started to kind of take over her, she became really withdrawn and isolated and just wanted to spend time kind of on herself, by herself, sorry, kind of away from the rest of us. So yeah. it was just trying to kind of understand why. Yeah. But you must have felt, really helpless like what what did you try to do to help was there anything you tried to do <laughs> I tried to do the worst thing possible I tried to fix it <laughs> yes well you're a man so that's what you're going to do fix it yeah <laughs> um so it was, I was trying trying to kind of talk to yeah. her and to understand and get to the bottom of it but because she didn't fully understand herself what was actually happening or going on then it became really frustrating because how can you start fixing something that you don't even know what the cause is or the root problem? Yeah. Where, where do you start? Yeah. And it is, you know, I made a joke that you tried to fix it, but that is, you know, what, what any partner would do. Like, I'm here for you. I want to fix it for you. And you just want some instruction. Yeah. So it, it's a horrible time, isn't it, to feel helpless as yes. well and, and not knowing it. it. You said something interesting there about not knowing what the root cause is. <laughs> Jules, you and I both know in solution focus work we don't need to know that yeah so that's yeah that that's that's a good thing and but 
initially, yes, and from what we know about mental health in general, David, it's not wrong what you're saying. Like, what is the cause? Because I want to fix it. Once you know the mm. cause, you can eliminate that and you can get that that out. So what was the impact on your family, especially your kids, your extended family and your friends? Were they coming to you, David, concerned? Um, some people have mentioned some things just, you know, is, is Jules all right? Because they'd seen some of the things that were possibly being posted on social media in the run up to it. But I suppose it's kind of where we're different, isn't it? That I'm, well, I've realized through this process anyway, I'm quite a guarded private person. I don't, I don't share my business outside of my immediate small circle. So, I mean, we, we talked about this before, didn't we? And I actually said to Jules and I said, if I had gone through the exact same thing that you had just gone through, no one would know. No one would know. Wow. Because yeah. I wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. Which is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we found that it, it made us realise how different we are, that I kind of put everything out there. So I think so many people were aware of what I was going through. Um, and I think family were potentially concerned as mm. well. Um, whereas you're quite different to that, aren't you? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like that, David. You know, they want to keep it private. So you were saying that was interesting what you said that no one would know. Jules, would you have known? Oh, David, do you think Jules would have picked up on it? Yes. Yeah. I'd be so, grumpy than normal. Yeah. And, yeah. Probably, and probably withdrawn. I mean, if I was if I was going through the same kind of symptoms and behavior that, that Jules went through, you know, she would obviously completely be aware of it because yeah. when when you've lived with someone for a, a long period of time like we have, you become aware of when they are not the standard base version of themselves mm -hmm. when something's different or something's off yeah so yeah. You, you pick up on just little subtle things good good that's exactly it. that that was the reason to do this podcast like what is that impact although you know Jules you're great all over social media you were very open about it but you know that's why I wanted to do this podcast that it does affect the family it does affect your partner. It does affect your kids. It does affect your extended family. And that feeling of helplessness, you know, is, is just horrible where you can't do it and you do just want to fix it. Um, I want you to take you back, David. Jules bravely put a picture of herself, that before and after pic of when Jules was lying on the sofa. And then a lovely after pic. But that photo of Jules lying on the sofa broken. And actually, I think that was the point, Jules, that I got in touch with you. Uh, as well and reminded you that I was still here and that you were shaking at that point David how did you feel seeing her lying on the sofa like that absolutely sort of crushed with anxiety yeah it was horrible you know and it was really really difficult to deal with because you know you try to come at it from a point of view that someone that doesn't fully appreciate the kind of mental health struggles that people have and it was a case of you know why can't you pull yourself together? Why can't you get up out of this? Yeah. You just seem to be wallowing in this hole that you've dug for yourself. Mm. Yeah. And and that wasn't really constructive at the time because that didn't help motivate her to get out. But but if you've never felt that like that, it's really hard no. to understand, isn't it? Very much. Yeah. I think that's the point as well. You said I think the children were very aware of what was going on, although I wasn't aware that they were aware. Mm. And that's the point you said we need to sit down with the older two and actually talk to them and explain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was okay. kind of, I think after that, it was almost like, if it felt like almost a mini intervention. Mm -hmm. 
which is mm-hmm. like you, you you're gonna have to do something about this because you're not you're not right you're not healthy you're not yourself and you're not getting better yeah that must have been such a difficult conversation to have with them yeah yeah um I, I find it quite a reality check I think because as I said when you're in the midst of and it sounds quite selfish but when you're right in the midst of that deep dark anxiety you actually do become so unaware of everyone round about you and I was talking to David earlier and actually said you know people forget that there's not just the the victim the person struggling with anxiety there's these people round about and for me that was David and my kids you know my mum and dad David's mum and dad there was so many other people that were affected so badly by it and I can see just how horrendous that is for people now you know it's so many people actually involved yeah but you can only see it now in hindsight because at the time it takes you over yeah I had no clue yeah Yeah. looking back it's a very different picture that I see yeah yeah so David when Jules decided to come on board with me how did that make you feel and what was your perception of, of what we were going to do in therapy were you just just relieved I would imagine first of all yeah I mean I, I was really pleased because it was the um the first step to our kind of getting help and making a positive change and a positive uh movement with it all and she she talked about you previously and the kind of impact that you'd made when um you'd done sessions I think at the buildings you worked in Mm. things like that and she had your book I remember and so you know it was quite positive because it was someone that she talked positively about and it could only be a good thing good (laughs) good uh and so what was your perception of therapy like were you thinking she's and I always say this to people as well like you you had to support her in her sessions in that for example she needs an hour with me do you need to look after the kids? Do you need to make the dinner? Do you need to make sure the kids don't disturb her? Were you ready for all of that? Were you well prepared for that? Um, yes, and I think I was, but that's only because, and I don't think you're mind saying it, but the situation had gone on long enough. I'd already kind of stepped into that role and had to pick up all that stuff because you weren't yeah. in any kind of state or condition to do things like yeah. that regularly. David had really taken over the running of most things by that point because I was... Mm-hmm. helpless or at that point yeah because <laughs> that's what I often say to people you know when people say oh, I'm not sure you know how much support I'll get from a partner and, and and it's all those logistics it's not just about you know that mental support or the moral mm. support it's about the logistical support looking after the kids <laughs> making sure you're not disturbed making sure someone can take the dog for a walk or whatever rather than laying everything at your door because you've got to attend the sessions so what changes did you notice in Jules as she progressed? So we started our 10-week program. And how quickly did you notice those changes? Um, there were there were some big changes kind of from from the first couple of sessions that you could mm-hmm. pick up on, like the um the uncontrollable shaking and things like that. And I think once once you've made the the move to actually get the right help and start the process and things like that I think the kind of the the physical side of it as well that was taking its toll on you started to kind of heal up properly and you could actually start to see some light yeah and I think that was the key my my, my way of thinking was changing and I did start to see the positive rather than the negative and the, the, the change of the extreme 
physical aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was massive. As I would said before, I would sit here at the dinner table trying to hold my cutlery shaking in front of the kids. And that stopped quite quickly, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was that was the biggest kind of benefit of the start of the whole thing. It was huge. Good. Good. Uh, and what did Jules tell you about sessions or did she tell you anything she kept it all a secret I don't know I mean it was was quite it was kind of it was her private time to to go and actually talk to you and work through things um I asked standard kind of novice questions about you know so what are you doing is this dredging up all stuff from the past and are you (laughs) digging into childhood trauma here to figure out what's going wrong but no she quickly set me straight (laughs) Yeah, we don't we don't do any of that. We don't talk about the problem. Yeah, uh, as well. Yeah. So it was That's good, good, but it was all it was all positive. But I, on the other side, on the other side as well, I didn't want to pry because I know if I was doing this stuff, it would be private to me, and it would be for me to come forward and share any details or aspects that I, I wanted to, and I probably wouldn't. So yeah, <laughs> so I was yeah. fine with, with her just kind of doing it for her, and yeah. That, that's great to hear because I've had, you know, and I think Jules, you've, you've had this, a lot of my clients get this, they'll get other people who have also got anxiety asking them questions about their sessions. And um, I've done a podcast recently saying that, you know, you can't do that. You can't yeah. keep asking it. It's someone's session because you're still working on yourself Yeah, as well. And, so. and that's something I've found a lot of people have said, you know, how have you done this so, so quickly? And, you know, I can tell them and, you know, I spoke to yourself, I went through the sessions, but I'm still on a journey and I'm not in a position to help people. And although I can share, you know, we've talked about how I can Mm. retrain my brain and things and that stuff that, you know, I don't think David needs his retrained. He's quite chilled and positive, (laughs) but it's definitely something that we can use with the kids um, as they're starting to grow up and go through exams and the stresses that teenagers nowadays go through. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's an incredible amount of knowledge now to have that, you know, we've, we're both gain from this yeah it's empowering isn't it and that's yeah. that's my aim that if you've got that knowledge you'll feel empowered you can take it forward yeah uh, yourself uh, as well so David from your point of view how important is it do you think that the family supports someone who's going through therapy and how can they support them what what advice would you give so I know like you said you you'd, you'd taken over pretty much anyway but if you go back to maybe someone if you twist it around like you said about yourself not everybody knows that someone's struggling, mm. how would a partner support them if they said, right, I, I need to go to therapy? Um, I think that one of the biggest things, and it's certainly a, a struggle for me on that side of it, is you need a lot of empathy and compassion and understanding for what they're kind of going through. And there is there is part of it being able to, to pick up the slack in in a busy family home and, you know, step in and get to a point where you're actually you can do things before you're asked because in the old days you would be asked can you take the the bins out can you put the washing on can you do dinner tonight and then it's just having to actually step in but it's not but it's not easy because even if you pick it up you can only pick up half of what the other person used to do at best you know and try and muddle on and make the best of it and just try and support so as as, if you can take things off the other person's plate possibly so they don't have those things to worry about or be anxious about then mm. I can help as well that's good but I hope you appreciate in, in solution focus work like you said the changes happen quite quickly 
Mm. So, you know, it, it should only be for a short period of time. This It's not never ending, but it's just for that hour that, you know, Jules had to see me, for example. You know, I think, you know, that's in a way that's more important. It's not even, you know, picking up the big things. Sometimes it's just that hour. Can you keep the kids out for that hour? Can you keep the dog out for that hour? You know, and like, like I was joking earlier, right at the beginning, support us in our tech. If the tech doesn't work, can you just come in and just <laughs> fix it? <laughs> It's no, those little things. Yeah. And, and then yeah. the sessions, the sessions were always good though, because after obviously after the session and then there's the the relaxation things that you do as well. And you know, it was always a benefit that she would come out of it kind of uplifted and calm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that at the end of every session? Yeah, yeah. She coming down to you. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Good. That's it. Again, you know, the perception of therapy is you're we're, an hour with a therapist and you're going to get drained and you're going to relive your trauma and then you need to decompress afterwards. That doesn't happen in solution focus work. No. We finish the session feeling better than however we started as well. So that was, cause there was a couple of sessions. I remember Jules, you, you'd had a really tough week, mm, but yeah. I said, always said, come to the session. I'm going to make you feel better by the end of it. And I so, always, which was yeah, great. Yeah. I think as well, what we started to find is I started coming out of the place that I'd been in. I almost wanted to kind of share what I was learning in the sense of I was trying to see the positive. And while I'd been so stuck in the negative, I think I was bringing everybody else down. So I remember saying to you, well, let's try and start seeing more of the positive. You know, I'm, I'm very conscious I'm the one at the root of this and I can change that. But as a family, we tried to do that um, and just try and bring up the the atmosphere in the house and the light. And that, that was a big changing point for us all. Good. Oh, it's brilliant. Fantastic. So, so yeah, tell us about you had to go away for work, David, and leave Jules alone with the kids. And she told me that that was debatable if it would be possible when she was so un unwell, but she, she did it. How, how was that for you? How liberating was that for you? Yeah, it was, it was really good. And it was, it was a real, it was a positive change and a real step in the right direction and things, because we talked about whether I just had to cancel or, um, whether we would get, you know, one or two of our parents involved that could come around and sit at the weekend and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I went away and it wasn't even like there was uh, constant phone calls or anything like that. It was, you know, you were on top and I was. managed it. <laughs> Everyone was fed, it came back to three kids and a dog. Yeah, so. <laughs> they're all, they all survived. Yeah, yeah we did good. Yeah. Any yeah. parties around. Yeah. <laughs> You had a really good time, if I remember, Jules. Didn't yeah, you? It was like Dad was away. You you had kind of a little mini party, like pizza and movies or something. You had a movie we night, did. didn't you? We had movie yeah. nights and we chilled and it was fun. Um, and it was it was nice just to know David could actually get away from it for doing so much for so long. He could actually yeah. get a break, yeah. um, especially away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He might have needed a break from you. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was a I think that was a big turning point. It was a big confirmation of right, you're you really are getting there now. This is good. This is this is real now. Good, mm -hmm. good. And you must have felt David sort of got getting your getting on with your life again as well, doing those kind of things, yeah. having to do work things, having to do other things. That's it. And it was yeah. good just to have the peace of mind to be able to do it and not not feel concerned or not feel anxious myself as to well, what am I going to go back to here? Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> Uh, what would you say to someone, David, whose partner or friend or relative needs the help from your point of view? What would you say 
to someone to say, you know, to get the help. So because you you were both at that point where like, you, you know, I really appreciate what you said. It was almost like, well, come on, Jules, pull yourself together. Mm. You were sort of saying that. But did you realize there was a point where, no, I, I she needs professional help? How yeah. do you distinguish that point? Absolutely. And it's kind of when when you just there is no improvement or you can't determine what's what's causing this it's not like uh, a sickness or an illness that you can kind of see and treat like a, I don't know a flu or anything like that you just have to the way I kind of likened it to in my own head was if the car's not working I'm not going to tinker around with it myself because I don't know what I'm doing I'm going to take it to someone who knows what they're doing yeah so <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing that's you perfect have to go and see someone that knows what they're talking about in order to help you yeah. Oh, it's a great way of putting it. I'm going to use that one yeah, in a social media post somewhere. I'm really liking that one. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. Good metaphor <laughs> as well. Um, how do you continue to support Jules going forward? Uh, and can you also see how empowering it is for her to be doing it herself as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can see the the sense of achievement that she can get from even in the early days, there was a big sense of achievement for even doing, you know, the silliest things. And sorry, this isn't oversharing, but even yeah. just, you know, getting up, having a shower and putting on yeah. a nice outfit that day was yeah. was a win. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, all those things just keep adding up. And then um you were what, taking taking the dog out or even going for walks with people yeah. again and you know, making connections with people again that you'd kind of shied away from although a lot was shared on social media it was all still quite isolated because it was just you and your phone wasn't it yeah. you weren't actually interacting with real people yeah in a sense yeah. so that, that was a big so it was good when I actually change. started seeing real people and yeah. having the right positive kind of conversations I think I remember actually when you really noticed I remember when Poppy noticed but when you really noticed I was coming back I think it might be the same time as Poppy when I was moaning at everybody when I was cleaning the house. Mm. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're definitely on your way back. <laughs> yeah, you'll be a mum again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Uh, Although we've had the conversation before. There's two, also two different types of people. I'm a tidier. Yeah. Jules is a yeah. cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you make a good team then. That's great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we want. Is there anything else you'd like to mention, David, that I haven't covered. I just I thank you for your time and your openness in in talking about this, uh, and especially for Jules as well. And I know both of you are quite open about it uh, mm. as well. But anything else that you'd want to mention, if you imagine, you know, people who are listening to this are either where Jules was, or they've got partners who are, are in were in Jules's positions or are mm. in the position that Jules was in. Uh, any advice you could give or anything else you'd like to mention that I haven't spoken about or any questions you need to ask me? No, I mean, the only thing I would probably say is more along the lines of if people are concerned, then don't, don't wait because I think we, we waited far too long yeah. before yeah. we actually took the steps to try and resolve it. And you think that, Oh, it'll get better. It'll get better, but then it doesn't. And it just gradually keeps getting worse and it keeps ramping up and things like that yeah you know it was before there used to be days when the smallest silliest thing would spike your anxiety and send you off into a spiral yeah whereas now that that doesn't happen 
No, it really doesn't. And I think for me, a massive thing is, and obviously I'm very grateful, is just that you didn't give up on me. Because I think there were moments where you even questioned where where is this going? Hmm. You know, we're, we're not happy. Um, they were, they were, yeah, they were pretty dark days were, and stuff. Yeah, and you, you didn't give up, and I, I just think to have that someone that doesn't give up, um, and very much supported me in the choices I made with coming to see yourself, um, yeah. and do the sessions, um, it, it's just so important. It really yeah. is. It's so key to the recovery or the, the new life. Yeah, new way forward. And it was interesting as well because once I even did start to open up a little bit to some of my close friends when I was talking to another one you know they were also saying that they were getting um counseling and things for a situation they were going through in their yeah. life and you know I wouldn't have known any of that yeah. but you know they said it massively helped them as well so yeah. the yeah. key takeaway from that would just be don't don't wait yeah great thank you yeah and also with solution focus work it's quite quick as well yeah. so there's no need to wait you, you know you don't have to go through something uh, as well well I want to thank both of you for your time thank you so much David for sharing your story and it's been great to chat to you properly uh, <laughs> as well instead of just seeing you in the background just pressing <laughs> buttons and fixing it and then walking off uh, as well but keep both of you keep doing what you're doing and keep supporting each other uh, I think that's that's really important you're quite right it's it can be so easy to give up on it and I you know totally appreciate what you were saying you feel so helpless that what you're going to do you feel like walking away but you know that shows that you've got a really strong bond so all the best to you and all the family as well thank you so much thank, thank you. you for everything cheers cheers well i don't know about you but i, I was quite emotional listening back to that uh, as well you know hearing it from someone who is alongside my client seeing them deteriorate and then the freedom they get from seeing them get better is just amazing I was really interested uh, did you hear that bit where you know David was saying like if, if he had gone through that maybe no one would know obviously Jules was being really open about it um, but yeah there's a lot of us that keep that really quiet however close people know you know that and our reactions are very different. So Jules's anxiety was very much, you know, just crashing and burning. And Dave was saying, well, I might have been a bit more grumpy and withdrawn. We've all got different symptoms. So if you know someone who's going through something, it's just, just their behavior changes. They're not their normal selves. But anxiety can come out in many, many different ways. But David knew that it got to the point where she needed professional help. So he was a great support. He was doing all that he can, but you know, and but that wasn't making a difference. And then the extended family were getting affected. And oh my god, like uh, you know, my heart was breaking when they said they had to sit down there, two older kids, and have that difficult conversation. What a reality check that was. That you know that it just and how Jules at that time was very honestly said she was totally unaware that was going on it was a real reality check for her but looking back now she can see what happened but that helplessness feeling you know as David said like you just feel helpless and it gets to the point if you've not been there to say well come on just pull yourself together because there's nothing wrong nothing's wrong they you know but it's the way the mind works the mind works in such a way that it makes you feel that this is catastrophic. This is the primitive brain just having a field day now. So uh, thank you so much. All I can say is thanks, David, for sharing your story because 
if you're listening, anyone who's listening to this, yes, you're suffering anxiety, take and, and you're finding it difficult to get help. There's, you've got a David in your life. There's someone, a friend, a sibling, a parent, a partner that feels as maybe as helpless as David did and as much as he could support, you know, and like he said, he was already doing as much support he thought that he could. He didn't really feel actually a change for when, by the time Jules did want sessions. Because I always say that to clients, like, you're going to need support, like you and maybe need some help with childcare, or, you know, you're not going to be able to get the, the dinner ready if you if you want a, a session on a Tuesday evening. So Tuesday evenings are out. You know, have you got the background support? Because that's the last thing you need. But he was already doing all of that and it still wasn't helping. So it is about knowing that time of, where is that line where I need some help with this or I need to do something myself about this? When do you take it to a professional? You know that innately deep down so you can have all the support that you want. Uh, and even, as you know, Jules's social media was blowing up when she was first saying she was anxious. She, so many people were supporting her. She had support in her life as well, but it it needed something extra just to get her out of that. And now, her friends and family and everyone are benefiting from it, not just her. That knock-on effect is immense. So um, both of you, Jules and David, thank you so much for sharing your story so openly and so generously as well. Uh, David really supported us uh, in the, you know, it, even in the sessions where I was laughing, that actually did happen. There was a couple of times, or, or once definitely, where Jules couldn't get the tech working. I uh, just saw you know, just saw him nip in and out to come and fix it. And then I gave him a wave and he went off. And that, that's all I, I knew of, of David. But it was so good to be able to take the time to chat to him to see how it affected him uh, as well. That's a very honest story. So have a think. If you've got a David in your life, can you do it for them? You know, you've, you've got to do it for them. If you've got kids in your life, how much is your anxiety affecting them? Are they picking up on it? Are they not getting the real you from it? In your work, could you be doing so much better if you had an empty stress bucket? I'm sure you could. It's something to think about. So it, it's, and that is the point where you get yourself, as I call it, out of your own head. So anxiety is all consuming and you're in it and you don't even realize what's going on. Like Jules said, you didn't even realize that they needed that conversation with the kids. But in hindsight, now she's got more objectivity. She can, she can see, right, that was needed. Oh, and, oh my God, we had to do that. So if you can't make the change for yourself, can you make it for someone else? And if you're someone who's trying to support someone with going through anxiety or mental health issues, please look after yourself as well. This, this is what, you know, what David was saying. It, it got to the point this was getting really hard for him too. But now he, consequently, he's learned so much about it as well and is talking with other people about it as well. So you, you know where all the information is. And, and I do appreciate sometimes there's lots, there's too much information out there. It can all get a bit overwhelming. But if you like the solution focused way, this podcast has got plenty in there. Go back to season one, start thinking about that. I've got a book. And if you've ever got a question, send it in to me. I will still caveat that. I've said it a few times before. This isn't a replacement for therapy, doing podcast episodes on a question you might have, because sometimes that gets, I've been sent some questions that were really been quite personal and it's something that needs individual advice, individual therapy, and I probably need a bit more information that can only be done individually. So um, 
you know, this podcast is there to give you an idea of what's going on in solution focus. Well, there's other types of therapy out there. You don't have to dig into your problems and you can start to see change really quickly. Have a think about how much it's affecting other people in your life, the, the, the Davids in, in all our lives uh, as well. So Jules and David, thank you so much for sharing your story and keep in touch. And until next time, more Stress Bucket Solutions next time. Bye for now.